Welcome to the Fun Engagement Pod from Fun Insights, bringing you insights straight from the experts. You can join the Fun Engagement Network at funinsights.co.uk and we'll let you know when new episodes come out. We're also on Acast, Google, Apple and all major podcasting platforms. This stuff is the future. 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 Welcome to episode 7 of the Fun Engagement Pod. I find every episode of this podcast fascinating, but this one with Grimsby Town supporter liaison officer Christine Green is especially so. That's because alongside her role as SLO at the club, at the time of speaking she was just finishing off her degree in public relations at the University of Lincoln, focusing on dialogue, policing and football fans. She's now something of an expert in this area and has a lot of very valuable insight into how dialogue and thoughtfulness about language affects how fans react, particularly that the right approach can massively de-escalate the chance of trouble at matches. This is very much the companion podcast to episode 3 with Owen West and Clifford Stott, so make sure you listen to that one as well. You might also like to know that Christine achieved a first in her degree, so congratulations from us at Fan Insights. Enjoy the episode. So joining um, joining me today on the Fan Engagement Pod is um, Christine Green. Christine, is uh, an SLO supporter liaison officer at Grimsby Town, Grimsby Town, Grimsby Town fan. Um, she's also, I think, interestingly for me as a person, as a professional um, in the field of public relations, is just about to finish her degree. I think it's at the University of Lincoln, isn't it, Christine? Correct, yes. Yeah, at the University of Lincoln. Um, I did my diploma in public relations a couple of years ago with the um, Chartered Institute of Public Relations, and we... Um, I think have landed on similar sort of fields, which is to do with two-way communication, um, the whole concept of dialogue, uh, and um, Christine specialised in an area that's related to, to, to sort of uh, uh, high-risk football matches um, and, and the policing of those. So um, could you just explain a little bit about that, um, uh, the, the dissertation you're doing, and and what you've been who you've been talking to and why some of these things are really important to how um practical uh how, how fans are, uh, are treated pra- in a practical sense uh, on a match day yeah i mean we sort of focus on the high risk games because obviously these statements don't get put out for any other games really um when you look at statements that go um we so, were just- christine sorry to interrupt you so if i just be clear these are the statements you're analysing the statements that are put out by um, police forces yes. um, policing these matches. Yes, just so people... Yes. Are- um, and, and what it looked to do was it, it took two statements that focused on negative behaviour, violent behaviour, but then it also took two statements that focused on collaborative working, about enjoying the game. Um, and one of the main ones, what it, the dissertation looked at was um, that it, there was a game between Manchester United and Liverpool um, real big club game. Um, a statement out went out with Greater Manchester Police. I think it was March last year. Um, didn't mention violence, disorder, behave yourself. Not one mention of it. And that is a very big club game in terms of the rivalry and the, the attendance. And my question was, well, if they can do that in that way, in that manner, why can't other forces? Um, 
Christy, so if yeah. I can ask, why why does <clears throat> uh, why does that matter? Because some people will listen to this, and there'll be people in football who listen to it, and other sports who might listen to it in terms of you know the, the issue of policing. Why should that? Why should those state, statements matter? Are we all understand if we all understand that dialogue is important between a club and its fans and all that kind of stuff. If you're talking about surely, if you're talking about people who are going to misbehave, isn't the best thing to do to warn them that if they mess about, they're going to get arrested? Or is that you know what? what... Is that, isn't that stating the obvious? Well, is, if you carry want, on, carry on. Isn't it stating the obvious that if you're going to misbehave? you will be arrested do we do that in any other walk of life for any other crime for any other situation um a statement put out for a friday and saturday night if you go out and misbehave we were there to arrest you mm. um is there and what it was looking at was was there any strategic thought and target and communication theory put into these statements um and again as i say if if greater manchester police can not necessarily need fail the need to do it for that game what is the need to do it in other games? So mm. as part of that, I went over and interviewed and, and, and what they found was that those sorts of statements were done because they'd always done them. Mm -hmm. There was no interaction and engagement with fans. Mm -hmm. um, there was no thought about how those statements are received and actually who the target was. Um, and ultimately, if you're going out on, with the intent to, to create disorder, is the fact that it's being highlighted give you that the gauntlet's been laid down as such um that was another thing that came out of it that if you're highlighting it and that the fact that the police are there and waiting for it does that then reduce that risk or increase that risk or make no difference whatsoever um and actually through the three different interviews that i've had um through three different forces south yorkshire police great manchester police and or um for the time where Derby up in Newcastle, each force that has sat down and actually thought about their pre-match statements and, and the content of them, their audience, how they do them, every single one of them don't talk about the violence anymore. Right. Um, right. Okay, so Christine, let's take this on a tiny bit. I know that um, you being an SLO, this is good because you have a you know, you're, you're looking at a, a sort of, to some extent, theoretical, um, it's obviously a very practical subject you're looking at, but you're looking at the theoretical, the process, the theory, the thought behind it. I mean, obviously you're doing it for an academic um, study, so it's necessary to look at, at those at those issues at the at the at the very, um, the theoretical, because you have to do that, obviously. But what I'm really interested in is, um, I know that you are keen on trying to create a more strategic role for SLOs and dare, dare I say, um, to put it in a, a form of words, kind of almost that you've got the very practical role of the SLO, but am I right that you're, you're trying to do is to say, look, there should be a thread that runs from where the decision, where the, where the uh, strategy is laid out, how do we deal with our fans, how do we do our dialogue, all that kind of stuff, and then you plug it in and say, then you say you you fit the SLO into that rather than saying right. So we've got an SLO role. That means fans, and this is what we'll do. So um, is that roughly where we're going? So so, so what what yeah. why yeah? Do, do you want to? Yeah, I mean, I mean, part of what I mean, the, the, my dissertation doesn't specifically look at the the role of an SLO within that, although it does recommend that that's looked at. But 
as an SLO, you are there as a conduit between the, the ultimate press of as an SLO is the conduit between fans and club. Um, and a big part of the football scene for some games, not all games, but for some games, especially being a Grimsby Town fan, sometimes more than others, is the police. And what the survey within my dissertation found is that when the reaction of fans, normal match-going fans that are there to enjoy themselves and watch a game, when they read certain phrases and, and certain statements, is that it angers them and that it um, it feels like you're all being targeted. And, it, and what came up a lot was that it was an us v them sort of mm. mentality. And it absolutely may not have been the case, but that's how fans are feeling. And if yeah. And if the majority of fans are feeling like that when these statements are targeting you know, the very, very small minority of fans mm. that can't be a good outcome. Okay. And to, to, I mean, I, so I can see I've, I've spent a little bit of time myself with, um, with Cliff Stott from um, Keele University and um, Owen West doing, the, um, uh, doing, doing their study. So I yeah. can see the value. So, I mean, really, this is about decision-making processes, isn't it? Um, yeah. How... how because yeah. I, I, I spoke to Clifford when um, Grimsby played Bradford and obviously West Yorkshire Police are one of the first forces involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spoke to him quite a bit. Um, and that process was really good because in the build-up to the game, the, um, I think, I don't know if it was their, the head of the PLT, he was calling me going, this is what's going to happen. Can mm-hmm. you put this message out? Can you do this? This is the police liaison team for anyone yes. who isn't totally sure. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a direct link, and he, and, you know, he was saying to me, right, well, this is your pull. This is what's going to happen. Mm. X, Y, Z. Throughout the game, he was ringing me, and right at the end of the day, he rang me and went, "This is what's gone on." Mm. And that I just think that should be a given that ultimately, and right. and, the, and the enable project is great, um, mm. but it focuses on the day. And what my what I'm looking at is, you only get one chance to make a first impression, right. and if the first impression of a game mm. is the statement that is looking like or it, it's the interpretation and the feeling of a fan reading that is that the police are pumped up and ready for it mm. you're at a level gone from a level three calm to maybe level five on edge what am i walking into what, mm. what what's going mm. on mm-hmm. so i'm sort of a little bit ahead of the sort of the planning of it in terms of that looks at the match day yeah. stuff okay. and i've looked at the week before and what's mm. going out and that the because it could be that you put something out that maybe has a sentence about disorder that makes you think that something's going to happen on the day and the police aren't going to be engaging and warm and actually when you get there they are mm. but you're not as receptive to that because mm. you've read that statement yeah no, that I can, be, yeah mm. do i know and what they found is that Initially, obviously, what my what my findings have been is that fans want those statements, mm. but it's the content of them and the wording of them, um, and ultimately, is telling somebody they're going to be arrested if they misbehave going to change that behaviour? Mm. Mm. Probably not. No, precisely, and that's. I mean, that that area is clearly there's. You know, there's been a a long period of time where football is a public order issue um, rather than a sort of cultural um, experience in a sense, in terms of the law. Um, uh, it's quite people quite fond of saying government doesn't intervene in football. Well, it does. It intervenes 
in terms of the policing and crowd management and security issues. It chooses not to intervene in other areas. Yeah. Um, and that's been arguably increasingly harmful um, in terms of the relationship between fans and the police. And I think probably in some senses, fans and clubs. That's what I want to get onto is um, I, I, I can see the value in allowing clubs to develop. So we get to the specifics of the SLO role, because obviously you are an SLO. Yeah. Um, I can see the value in allowing clubs to develop the role. It's been something that the EFL has talked about. The Premier League has talked about, I think probably um, slightly less formally um, or has been done recently anyway in the National League, um, latterly. Um, and that is obviously it's going to be a good thing because some clubs are going to have a slightly different perspective, a slightly different take on, on how they work with their fans. Some, you know, even ownership models might beget a slightly different way of doing it. Um, you know, if, if there's a huge amount of fan involvement already, that might, it might be done differently. Um, the accountability might be different. But I, my experience through researching the Fan Engagement Index and through speaking to people and experts in the field um, uh, and, and reading the guidance from UEFA and SD Europe, which is what we all work on, which is what clubs work on, what the game works on. I, I, I find that there's a, there's a bit of hit and miss going on and that perhaps clubs need a bit more help in developing the role to be what it's really supposed to be, that conduit. Do you think that the SLO role has got some way to go in English football or, or you know, you know what's, your, what's your take? I, mean, I think... Well, you know, you don't, I'm not asking for you to be critical. I'm just, you know, no, no, no. Quite, quite I, think that, I think that how it's managed in the in England and the UK is massively different to the continent, and how I suppose how seriously it was taken from the start. Um, I think the role was 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 created on the continent because of a need, whereas here it's almost been forced upon. Um, we've got to have it, so we don't really. At the start, I will say, maybe not so much now, but at the start it was, well, what, what is it? What do we need it for? We've, we've been told we need to have it, so right, well, we'll stick it onto that role there. And there's such a massive, broad difference of um, the SLO makeup. So I'm a volunteer. There'll be other clubs that, um, and a lot of clubs have bolt-ons to do in all different roles. Um, and the further up the pyramid you get, you've got specific SLOs that do a fantastic job. Um, so for me as a volunteer and for those guys that do the bolt on as the EFL sort of look and I, and even I'm suggesting as much a more strategic role in terms of the security and the communications, that's quite a skill and that's quite an involvement. Mm. Um, and I just, I sometimes don't think it's taken as not seriously, is not the right word, but there's slightly not, misunderstood perhaps. And that yeah, I think, a misunderstanding. I think there was an initial misunderstanding of what it is. It's not a customer service role. Um, it's more than that, and I think it is, it's got a little bit way to go to where I personally think it should be. But then I can tell you that it should be more strategic in terms of the communications. And there'll be somebody else that will go. Well, actually, it's about conflict management between club and fan, and everybody's got their own separate little piece of it that they want to focus on and that's absolutely fine um and there's nothing wrong with that but an slo is more than sort of the the fluffy good stuff right now that that's that's the important thing i think there is a tendency sometimes and i can i can say this being able to step back a little bit um perhaps not everyone feels they can is that i do 
I, you know, the way that I've seen it and talking to people like yourself and um, uh, some people, SLOs at other clubs and is that um, I, I think a lot of this probably does come down to, yes, you're right. It gets introduced um, because of a, a rule and then, the rule then as a result becomes adopted by the EFL because the Premier League adopted it. It becomes a, a 92 wide, um, uh, four divisions have to adopt it. All the clubs in, in the EFL and the Premier League adopt it um, because obviously it was originally for UEFA competition, but you know, it's, it's viewed as a good thing. Um, there is where I think often the resources are a problem at each club. Yes. But I also think if you go another tier up, you know, the EFL are not awash with cash. No, um, no, they can't do heaps of training and heaps of stuff. And actually, there's always an issue when when it comes to um, how the EFL do things, and the Premier League as well. Is how much can we do, and how much do the clubs want us to do? Um, and that that relationship can be sometimes difficult to navigate for for the EFL and for the Premier League, um, and. You know, you can have some great guidance in, and I know I know the people who wrote the guidance um, at SD Europe. And, and uh, you know, I used to work for SD Europe and work for Supporters Direct. But actually, it's a gap that is sort of just a as a result of the, if you like, the the structure and politics of English football. So perhaps the more that we have people like you, um, in providing input and, 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 and not being scared to say that, look, maybe we need some help. Maybe we need to pull away our experiences here and learn a bit from each other. Maybe that's where this role improves and makes the SLO a lot more related to what it should be, which mm. as you say, is that conduit. And actually I don't think, I think the conflict, whether it's conflict management or resolution between a club and its fans or whether it's match day stuff, that's all part of the same whole. That's all part of the same sort of function of an SLO. Um, I don't think that difference is so stark, actually. Um, yeah. They're both, you know, I think what most people will agree is that it's not really customer service. Um, can you tell me just, uh, just, I'm interested because I know, you know, you're a volunteer. Um, that's obviously something that the club chose and that, uh, you know, because obviously you got you have got a ball uh, 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 a fan fan on the board at Grimsby Town. We have two um, fans on the board. Two fans on the board at Grimsby Town. You got you know you got an importance of strategic relationship there between fans and clubs, which is great. Um, and you did very well in the fan engagement index, I might add. But the that's that volunteer. How do you navigate as a you know, how does a club, in your view, how, it it can be it's it's a difficult thing to just simply say to fans, right? Well, you can help us with this. But you obviously think there's a value in it, um, you know, in having that that relationship. So, how, I mean, put your thinking cap on, really. How would you say, say to a club that doesn't have a fan on the board, wants to try to work with its fan group, its fan organisation, in most cases a supporters trust, but, you know, in some cases just an independent fans organisation. How, how would you maybe suggest setting up the SLO role so you worked in partnership and you use their resources because in the end it can be a good resource sharing thing with mm. especially smaller clubs but with all clubs how, how how would you navigate that I mean it's a bit of a broad question but um, can, can it be done with you know you know can, can can all clubs do that do you think well in terms of as a volunteer 
Yeah, to, to have that, to, um, so that you yeah. establish the SLA role as a, as a partnership between the fan organisation and the football club, and it, you know, as a sort of bridge builder, do you think that's possible everywhere? I would, I would say yes, but it's how in-depth and how much work you want out of a person to a point. Mm. Um, I do it because I like it and I enjoy it and I enjoy talking to fans and I enjoy the conflict parts. Maybe it sounds a bit weird, but well, I enjoy dealing with the police and I enjoy all that sort of stuff. So it's no hardship for me to put those hours in. Um, and it's because of the role of the SLO that I started my degree in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, I've got, a, I get a lot more out of it than um, just a basic doing an SLO role. And I, I think the thing is though, that I've had quite a few calls from different people going, oh, I'm thinking of doing the SLO role or the SLO role's not been taken seriously at my club. What do I need to do? And there's no one SLO that can tell another SLO what to do. You can, and I can speak to anybody and I can say, well, this is what I do. And, and I don't necessarily do the, the, the match day stuff at home game and walk around because we, we have another SLO that does that. But I can give you pointers on what I do, but you can, you can cherry pick basically from different, from different people. What works for, for Greensby Town might not work for another club. But that's true. That's true of sorry to interrupt you. That that's that that that's true of so many jobs anywhere. Mm. The only I think possibly the only area where it doesn't vary so much is 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 accountancy and law. <laughs> you know, for example, where well you have to do it one particular way. You can't yeah. freelance. You can't sort of do freestyle accounting and submit it and expect companies house to be happy with it. So that's just a kind of truism, really. But there is does seem to me to be with what you're saying is a landing. There's a landing point here. There's a as has become popular in 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 the English <laughs> lexicon of late. There's a landing point here where actually there probably is something of a model that works, and then you just have then a lot of it is maybe filled in with the intelligence of the person concerned. You know how much you split the role. I mean, you might have to split the role sometimes and say the match day stuff's done by them because one volunteer can't do it all. You have Mm. a team, you know, lots of clubs have teams and things like that. So I think what you're saying from what I can see is, um, is actually you've got a tremendous amount. um, All, all, all SLOs doing your, you know, the sort of SLO role you do have probably got a lot to teach other people. Haven't you? Um, A lot to teach other people, I suppose. Demonstrate to, I mean, you can have teacher, but there's a lot that you've learned that can be passed. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot that I can sort of, chat and discuss about in terms of what I've learned um, because obviously when this role first came in we weren't Grimsby Town were in the Football League mm. um, so it's been quite a big learning curve for me in terms of what an SLO is um, but I've sort of chosen to do it I suppose you can show with Grimsby Town it's been very good in that they've sort of allowed me to sort of choose the way to do it and it's been the conflict side of it Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously now there's the home SLO as well um, that concentrates on home games. So it's if you've got the support of the club to do it how you think your fan base needs it to be, I think that's far. It makes the role far easier. Okay. Um, and sort of to be guided by what the fan base thinks an SLO should be, mm-hmm. or what they need from an SLO. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit you as something of an expert in this field, Christine, and I'm probably going to come back to you at some point um, in, the, in, the, in the life of this pod. 
uh, podcast because um, I like the way you talk about things and it's been interesting having a chat and we've sadly only have 15 to 20 minutes to do this but it's been really good and very very educational for me um, so thanks very much for spending the time in um, in amongst you know you've got all the other things and commitments to, to do and especially notwithstanding your getting your getting your um uh, your, your degree finalised. So thanks and good luck with all of that. There is always up for a chat anytime. So <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Thank you.